0: I really thought you could have already made that appeal. And <laughs> 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 uh, thank you so much. Um, to a few, not new people, you're new to me for now. But, uh, we spent this morning, uh, the first session a little bit on baptism of the Spirit, and how we need the Spirit of God. You know the Bible, uh, it says in 1 Corinthians 2, that it's for the mature. And in that session, We talked about the mature are those that are depending on God. So our dependence makes us mature, uh, not how long we've lived or how much experience we have. But the more we depend on God, the mature we are. That was it. And uh, I think there came a a picture at the earlier session while we were worshipping on driving up to the gates and then the gates automatically open. Um, but it needed the car to drive up to the gates and then the the doors would open and then uh, getting to the restaurant already being invited and meted or greeted by people. And what God said is it's, it takes a step. Uh, it takes us to take a step and then in that step God will open the doors. And I do feel that also for this afternoon on the gifts um, and, uh, that God wants to use the gifts to be useful um, Tim didn't know what i was will be speaking about but it's about usefulness of the gifts mm. so we have to find uh, not just the gifts but we have to find to what use uh, they are and we need to be sensitive to the usefulness of the gifts um, and I think um, well let's get started and then we'll uh, probably will make a little more sense when we're getting into it. Uh, I'm going to speak this afternoon on 1 Corinthians 12, the first 11 verses. What I want to talk about now is the various, way, various ways of God's Spirit gets worked into our lives. This is complex and often misunderstood. But I want you to be informed and knowledgeable. (coughs) Remember how you were when you didn't know God. Led from one phony God to another. Never knowing what you were doing. Just doing it because everyone else did it. It's different in this life. God wants us to use our intelligence. To seek to understand as well as we can. For instance, by using your hands. You know perfectly well that the Spirit of God would never prompt anyone to say Jesus be damned. Nor would anyone be inclined to say Jesus is Master without the insight of the Holy Spirit. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's Spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, But God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving something to do that shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out by one, uh, one by one by the Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. Um, in our first session, I mentioned uh, the example of this lady teacher in Italy who described the necessity for the people that she needs to be quickly filled with the Holy Spirit. And uh, if I put what she said in different words then, if we could see people being saved and being baptized in water and being baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have more chance to see them hold their ground and to be filled with uh, with the Holy Spirit and remain strong in their faith. And I think to me it was a wonderful illustration of how important it is that we know that we are baptised with the Holy Spirit, uh, that the gifts are operating. but also when someone comes to know Christ, it is important for us to see them baptised with the Spirit. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is much more than receiving gifts to brighten up our meetings. Um, you know, the modern Greek meaning for the gifts here is charisma. And um, it is uh, like a birthday present. So it's something that is given to you out of love. Um, So it's for your personal possession and for your enjoyment, but with a gift you, as a receiver, you always remember the one who gave it to you, don't you? Mm -hmm. I've got things at home. I remember when I, years ago, um, I was teaching in the Ukraine. And uh, so we came uh, from Kiev in a train down south to Saparoche. And there were people, uh, very poor people. And they, uh, they were there for the whole day, uh, a couple of days, I think, three or four days, listening to me all day. That must be torture. <laughs> uh, but there was also a little boy. I, I called him Samuel. Uh, it wasn't his name, but I felt he was like a Samuel. So I called him Samuel. And Samuel was sitting in the front. And uh, every day, but on one day he didn't come, the third day he didn't come. So I said to his mum, uh, Samuel, he said, uh, well it rained yesterday and uh, he has only got one pair of shoes and one pair of socks, so they were wet, he couldn't come. I dare you, inside you cry. The next day, socks were dry, shoes were dry, he turned up again, fourth day you know what he brought? His only toy that he had. Little toy, little um, pearly mushroom. That was his toy? And he gave it to me. I can't do that. His <laughs> mom said, this is his only toy. And I said, I can't do that. He said, yes, he wants to give it to you. Please accept it. So I took that mushroom home. I've never forgotten that mushroom. Mm. You know, it's not. What is this pearly mushroom? It doesn't. You know, no place to put it on the mantelpiece of that But the giver, the one who gave it. And I never forget Samuel. I kept praying for Samuel. So, it's what happens. We remember the person who gives us the gift. And out of love, God gives gifts to everyone in his church because he loves us. So the gifts of the Spirit are for the whole of our lives, not just for church life or for the times that we meet as a church. Paul says here in this passage it's they are for the variety of service. He's not saying to bring variety to our services. That's not what he's saying. not to make them a bit more interesting, but service in the sense of serving other people on behalf of Jesus. So in that sense God uses our gifts to deacon our neighbours. So the gifts are there not for inside the church only, but you deacon your neighbours, your friends and your colleagues with the gifts. The gifts are for the whole of life. But for today, we will focus mainly on how to use the gifts or using the gifts in the context of meeting together. The Bible says that those that are led by the Spirit are sons of God. And the word led there is those that depend on Him. There we have it again. We had it in the first session. It's here again. It's depending on Him. Those who rely on the Holy Spirit. And I think, I find this starts when I am asking uh, the Holy Spirit through prayer, I find that I'm asking that I'm in desperate need of the Holy Spirit to do something in my life. I find that a regular prayer in my life, because I most of the time don't know what I'm doing. I look like I know what I'm doing, but I I can assure you, I don't. I really need the help of God. Like I said in the early session, I I do regularly pray, please Holy Spirit, I breathe you in, I need you. I need you to touch me. So I think if we want to see God's Spirit at work, in us and through us, all of us, me, we need to rely more on Him. making ourselves submit to his promptings and also to his proddings. I find he sometimes prompts me because I'm, I'm not a hero, you know. I, I, I'd rather be to do this than step into something. First four says the variety of gifts, the varieties of service, and the varieties of activities. And what Paul emphasizes here by sharing it in this way, He's not just saying, let me be clever, it's about gifts, about service, about activities. He is spreading out the possibilities of use for the gifts. He's basically emphasizing the need for diversity in the body rather than uniformity. So he's saying it is very diverse, so don't pinpoint it down to one particular thing. If you're like me, I'd like to have things in order so I can at least control it a little bit. What I found of the Holy Spirit, you cannot control the Holy Spirit. And it's out of, it's not me, it's not you deciding. So um, he speaks about later on about the body and its members. And, uh, and I think what we need to remember here is that Paul was, through this letter in Corinth, answering some of the questions that were raised by the church itself on all kinds of issues. And one of the issues that he's addressing is the exalting of one particular gift and neglecting or treating another gift as a lesser gift. That's what he is addressing. So he's, he's basically saying we need to bring that in balance, we need to adjust that. Um, because the way you go about it is not right, he's saying. You are just saying tones is the only thing and maybe prophetic words and that's about it. But he says there's a variety of gifts, a variety of service, a variety of things. So, uh, in other words, it's possible for spirit-filled people to use the spiritual gifts in an unspiritual way. That's what he's saying. You can be so spirit-filled and still be very unspiritual in the way that you handle the spiritual gifts. And it has to do with our understanding of the gifts and also what motivates us in using the gifts. I know the moments that I was not motivated correctly in using the gifts. I remember using the gifts because I thought, they'll hear me. I'll be clever. They think I'm very special if they do it. Not very good motivation. So the illustration of the body and its members really shows this diversity. Verse 4, 5, or 6, it says, the same spirit, the same Lord, and the same God. And Paul's saying, look at the Trinity, look at the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And the reason for using the gifts is to glorify the Father, to glorify the Son, and to glorify the Holy Spirit. It's the same Spirit, same Lord, same God. So the Godhead is the ultimate example of diversity and unity. There's one who bestows the gifts, there's one who distributes the gifts, and there's one who energizes the gifts. Mm-hmm. Father, Son and Holy Spirit working together. So for the church to express it in being a healthy church, we need diversity. Uh, because uniformity is co- uniformity is control. That's what dictators try to do. They shape everyone into one world. And say, it has to be this way. And how uh, you have to be this, uh, this kind of person. So diversity is God's object, that's what he wants. That's why the Holy Spirit distributes to whom he wills. But it is beautiful, diversity, but I find it's difficult at the same time. It's not easy to be different, is it? Uh, I think probably it's the most challenging aspect of church is variety. And us being ourselves end up being Sarah different from you. I struggle with being different. I'd rather fit in, because it's more comfortable if you fit in. But that's why you need the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, is the spirit of unity. And it's not about obtaining unity. The Bible doesn't say obtain unity of the faith. Maintain unity of the faith. So we're not trying to achieve it. We have it. Don't lose it. It's the other way around. So the church is there with unity. We are all in unity. Don't lose it. That's it. So don't try to be one. You are one. Don't lose it. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. Not to gain it, but to not lose it. You know, legalism is partly characterized by everyone wanting to do the same thing. As long as you fit in, you're okay. You know, that doesn't mean to say that I don't believe in common doctrine and vision. I do believe in common doctrine, I do believe in common vision. I do believe in the essentials being in place in church and that we all agree upon. We agree upon the Trinity. So many things you say, yes, that needs to be in place, fine. But there are so many non-essentials that we should not argue about. <laughs> we could disagree about it and that's fine. There are things we agree about and that's, that's the important. One. But we have to be careful. There are different interpretations and non-essentials. So what a meeting should reflect is God being the Creator. That's what our meeting should reflect. I cannot make that happen. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We don't need the Holy Spirit to just have a good meeting. We need the Holy Spirit to see the Creator God being reflected. Legalism has to be the same way. If God is in charge and the Holy Spirit works, it's different from last time. So the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring that diversity into the body. It's not always the same way. And it's not always the same person doing it. But to be fair, and in reality, in church life. Very often it is the same person who does it. It is the same person who's got the prophetic word. There's only a few that have a tongue or scripture or whatever. And, but that has another reason, and I'll explain that in a minute, but. So, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just there for us to have a great meeting, but at least when we're meeting together, it should be evident that we've got the gifts working. Ephesians 5 verse 6, uh, verse 5, uh, Ephesians 5 says this, Be filled with the Spirit, sing songs, make melody, address each other, give thanks by the Spirit. I would say that's pretty lively, that's pretty involved. (coughs) So when the gifts are functioning, the body is working. So I would say this, that it's very strange when we are together and there are no expressions of the gifts functioning. That's a bit of an odd meeting. You know, I, I know that the church in Corinth had too many, to, uh, only a little bit, or, and too much of it, tongues. Tongues was basically it. And tongues was the main one. But at least they had some working. So at least, if you came in their meeting, they had tongues. And they had some prophetic word, But They had probably had 20, so he calmed them down and said, no, let's just be two or three, you know, let's focus it. So they had plenty of some of it. And I wondered wonder what Paul would have said when he turned up at our place in Austria. Would he say, you have too much of this, too much of that? He said, where is it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, you laugh at that. Yeah, and um, many years ago, I was leading a chur- church in uh, in uh, center of Holland in Hardaway. And Terry Virgo came and um, we had a weekend. On Sunday afternoon, I brought Terry back to Schiphol Airport. And in the way in the car, I said, "Terry, is there anything that you feel you want to say or share, or we, I can learn from, or we can learn from, other things that you think we um, need for this next season?" Because Terry is very reluctant to say anything. So he then looked at me and said, "Hang." The only thing he said, he just got out of the car at Schiphol, and then he, yeah, the only thing they he put, took his suitcase and Hank, the only thing, do you ever have gifts operating in your church? In the church when you come together, are the gifts functioning? I just was astonished, I looked at look myself, oh yeah, I did that I need this morning. And then he left and said, Hank, see you again soon. <laughs> but what it did with me on the way back was thinking about it all the time. I thought it's not an expression of the body functioning. We just had a preacher. we just sang some songs. But it wasn't the body functioning. And from that time, really, it's been one of the keys in my life to think about that. I'll come back to that a little bit later. Verse 7, it says, To each is given the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit for the common good. So it says, to each. Uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31, it says, For you can all prophesy, one by one, So that all may learn and all be encouraged so in other words if you have received the holy spirit you can prophesy and verse 11 says all these gifts are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills so the holy spirit apportions he gives a portion to different people as he wills. So, in other words, the Holy Spirit does the dividing and distributing. And the word there is the same word as used in Joshua 18, when each of the tribes is given a part of the land, the promised land. So, it's, they all got a portion, but that portion was different from the portion of someone else. So, one the smaller piece, and then Caleb said, give me the mountain uh, So he get the mountains. And the uh, others said, oh, I want the flat piece. But yeah, flat piece. And so it's all different. Yes, divide it up. And, and so that's it with used. And no meeting should be a replica of another meeting. Because God is not into imitating himself. <laughs> He's the creator, he doesn't imitate himself. Um, so Each meeting should have common facts. I'm not saying, well, skip uh, worship this time because we did that last time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the thing. Um, uh, So we have common factors, we have common values, but it should preach some uniqueness in the meeting. Uh, The Spirit does the dividing, and He is distributing the gifts. And it says here that as He wills. And so the fact is, the question is this, is that the he uh, a small he uh, with a small H or is it the he with a capital H? Is he doing the willing or is he doing the willing? Yeah. And I would suggest to you it's both. He does the willing and he does the willing. It's through his willing, him willing, that I can receive the portion. So he wills. So I receive. Um, you know, and that, what He was that might be a vision, that might be a picture, that might be a scripture, that might be a word, that might be a thought. Um, but it's also the He wills with a, a small edge. It's you and me willing. So the word for distributing of the gifts is the word assignment. The Holy Spirit assigns the gift to a person, so he commissions you. It doesn't feel like that at the times, but he gives something to a specific person for a specific moment or task, and what it asks of that person is to just be available, just be ready. And coming back to what I said earlier, that sometimes, look, if you look at church and I. <coughs> I've been leading church most of my life, and I've always been in church where it's pretty much down to a few rather than to the body. I'd love to see that change, but I think it's about the he thing, the small he thing. He wants, he's willing, but am I willing? You know, many years ago, in that same journey in the Ukraine, I went to Zaporozhye, but I started in Kiev teaching. Bible school students, I think it's about 50 students were there, and uh, I was there to teach and uh, they asked me to teach on the Holy Spirit and I, um, I asked the question, I said, who of you has been baptised with the Holy Spirit? So I, all, almost all hands were raised. So I then asked, who of you has, been, has ever had a prophetic word? and then only two or three hands were raised. Because they always had teachers in who told them and showed them, but none helped them. And and so I said to them, well, the Bible says, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, if you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can all prophesy, so let's prophesy. Let's get rid of the chairs and so let's wait on God. If there's a picture, a thought, if you see something in this room that speaks to you, just after Holy Spirit, there's anything you want to say? Anything you want to share? Let's wait. So we had a fair bit of waiting. It took a bit of waiting, but then one after the other started, and by the end, I think all of them had prophesied. And um, it's just that it needed he willing a bit more. He was willing, it needed this a bit more, and find a way of of doing this. So I think the main aspect is our willingness, but also the aspect of faith. We must believe that God wants to use me. And if you are like me, you are nervous if he does. I'm frightened to death if he does. <laughs> so in the beginning, I didn't want to ask the question, because I thought, he might say, "What's <laughs> 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 So there's a bit of a thing, but then it comes down to faith, you know, and, and you learn as you use your faith, you grow in your faith. You don't grow in your faith if you never use it. Um, so you and I can receive if we are ready and available. I remember, you know, when, it um, was years ago, we had one or two, um, I'm not sure anymore if it was prayer days or it was Brighton or something. I do remember that I was challenged And that was on the basis of uh, someone having a tongue and interpreting a tongue. We had never as a church seen it, it didn't happen in our midst. I remember guys from the UK coming to our meetings, and I remember particularly one where we were all meeting together, and one of these UK guys had a a tongue, and then none of us had any interpretation, just waited. I I the guy got a bit frustrated and said, come on, come on, come yeah. on. So we looked at one and said, who's coming on? I can't, I don't know. But what happened is that I came back and I thought, we must see this, we must help one another. So we were taught teaching into it. So we taught into the leadership about receiving a tongue and how to interpret a tongue. What the essence of an interpretation is. And so we started talking and teaching and then we said, let's do it. And then as we learned amongst us, we said, now let's do it, see it happen in church. And then it happened in church and so we saw more and more people do it. But it was a, a way of helping one another to be available and also willing and to, to learn. So receiving is by willing and by faith. That's why it says in uh, this chapter, earnestly desiring the higher gifts, and in, verse, in chapter fourteen, says pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So, faith is a very important aspect of receiving the Holy Spirit and also what the Spirit wants to do. Um, I think it was one of our last Brighton times meeting. You know there was this thing with having thousands of leaders come together quite to, uh, on a yearly evening. and then one time Rob Rufus was invited. I don't know if you were there, but he was invited, and he he did a seminar. And in this seminar, and I never forgot that because in this seminar he said he had this. Um, there was this lady who had. Uh, um, no, let me say the other way around. He said. I stood there and, and the Holy Spirit said to me, just say I know you by your name. And he thought I'm not gonna do that, that's so simple. <laughs> they think I'm crazy, I'm not gonna do that. So as he was worshiping, so said, the Holy Spirit came back and said, just say, I know you by your name. I thought, no, 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 no. But he kept going and three, four times, and he was so fed up with it, he basically said, God, I don't know if it's, it makes sense anyway whatever, but God says to me to say to someone here, he knows you by your name. And then suddenly a woman starts to cry out loud and really totally surrendered. And she then later uh, explained this, uh, this, this thing. that She was going up to the meeting and she was desperate. And she thought, I'm of no use. I'm not sure if I want to live or carry on living. Because no one knows who I am. And if, if, and I don't even know if you know who I am. I don't know sure if you know my name, Lord. And uh, she went into the meeting like this. And then as soon as said, I know you by your name. She knew. And, you know, it was faith. It was doing it. It, was, it could be something so simple. I found at times it's not the elaborate stuff. It's the simpleness of obedience. It's a simple step, and God can just so much. So He does the distributing. He gives the portions. He's like a conductor of a, a great orchestra. He says to someone, "You oh, sing solo. You play the violin. You do this, and it comes together. It can be the tongue or interpretation. And says He for the common good. So the gifts are not private property. Someone said, it's not a matter of waiting till something comes over me and forces me, but a readiness to give out what God has placed in me. It's for the common good. What it does is make you better. It makes us healthy as a church. It is to be useful to others. You know what it gives you? you come back to that word on usefulness. I found it so helpful, that illustration. You can use it. It's practical. Word should help you in your daily walk. Changing you in character, helping us in difficult circumstances. Sometimes the word comes and liberates you out of your circumstances. Not that your circumstances are different, but God spoke into them. It. It's useful, not based on great experience or good feelings, but usable. Your faith grows. You gain strength, you receive revelation. You know, it has to be useful. It's a bit like Sometimes you receive these gifts, you know, in weddings or a birthday, you know, and you think, what am I using this for? (laughs) You know, you you get hair gel, but you haven't got any hair. (laughs) 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 What's (laughs) wrong with your lawnmower? You think, I've got no grass to look know, Those kind of things. Or, you know, you see that at weddings someone comes with a pepper and salt set, and you think, that's wonderful, I can use that. Then by the time the the days over we got five of these sets <laughs> So one is useful, but the rest isn't really. And that's basically what was the matter with the Corinthian church. The, the tongues were the only gift. I think they even did the notices in tongues. But <laughs> 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 well, you read, you read Paul, everything was in tongues. There was no other thing. That's not useful. Paul says, please, church, remember it's about variety. And the Spirit wants to give the gifts that are useful. So for our moment together here, I think a good question to ask is, for you personally, and also I think for the church, are we still pursuing these gifts, the greater gifts? Are you still looking at areas that we could develop in this, you know? In one way I think, after this should fall on a workshop, but I think the workshop could be in small gatherings and small group meetings. Um, you know, over time we will receive many invitations I would say, you know, I get invites to weddings and birthday parties and uh, concerts of Andrea and others and dinners and, but Beth- the one invitation that Jesus made is amongst the biggest invitations ever. And we had it this morning where Jesus called to me and drink. Whoever believes in these streams of living water will come from within you. You know, he was standing at this big, uh, great last day, the Hosanna of the festival. And you know, the priests were carrying water from the pool of Siloam. Uh, to the altar and they would go around seven times and pour in water and go back to the pool. <clears throat> and people were seeing all this happen and suddenly in the midst of every, all the activity and everyone looking, Jesus had, and as he shouted. He was loud and saying, it's not, basically it was saying, it's not about this water, it's not about this water. It's about drinking of the Holy Spirit. Yes, it's about getting filled, but it's about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So come to me and drink. So don't end up at the altar and being busy. Come to me and drink. Um, the only few requirements there are to have a desire, again, a hunger for more of God. And can we stand?